you're listening to Everything Starts Small, a podcast that explores the lives of impact-driven leaders who had an idea and decided to bring it to life. We all have to start somewhere, and through their stories of beginning, we hope to ease our fear of starting with the simple notion that everything starts small. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Everything Starts Small. My name is John B. Johnson. I'm the principal and identity architect of a small studio. And today I have the honor of speaking to a friend and and probably the most inspiring um, person that I've ever met in my life. Um, The way we've actually met is a story in itself. And a few years ago, I was interviewing him for a brand I was creating for a friend um, who wanted to bring internet to the world through an organization called Cause to Connect. And one of the first places that they were able to bring that internet was a small village in Madagascar, ultimately leading him to work with this this incredible man. Yep, Madagascar, that very large island off the coast of Africa that most people um, still do not even believe exists. But I know for a fact that it's real and it's the most beautiful place I've ever been. And after interviewing him, He asked me if I would be willing to teach my branding work in Madagascar because he knew how much it was needed there. Well, less than a year later, I was in Antananarivo, Madagascar with Manu Rakator Arison, who is the founder of a civil Madagascar, a community of over 25,000 Malagasy citizens. Manu spends his days empowering his community to work together beyond their differences. He is also a Mandela Washington Fellow, which means he is one of the most influential leaders in all of Africa. And today we will find out how Manu's life led him to lead over 25,000 Malagasy citizens as they become leaders in their community through innovation and patriotism. Joining us all the way from Antananarivo, Madagascar, Manu, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you, John. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's an honor. It's an honor to have you all the way from one of my favorite places in the whole world, Antananarivo. Uh, how, are, how are you doing? How is life for you right now? Well, I'm great. Despite the COVID-19 thing, um, yeah. we're trying to, you know, carry on the projects and, uh, yeah, always trying new things and trying to innovate to adapt ourselves to the situation. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. We can't complain. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, man. I'm sure the whole world is is dealing with the same things, and I'm sure it's even more unique um, being in a place like Madagascar, one of the remote, most remote, and um, I want to say isolated places in the world, outside of obviously the North and South Pole. Um, but I'm, I'm, um, with that. Besides, I I'm just so excited to speak with you because it was about a year ago actually right around now that yeah. I landed in Tana to meet you in person for the very first time. All right. Do you remember that? I remember that day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember amazing. getting, yeah. I remember getting off the plane and coming outside, you know, in this, this, you know, in the, the airport in Tana is not very big and yeah. I see you and I see your brother. I remember even like giving, I didn't even know that your brother was there and your brother like grabs my bag from me and like takes it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're like, oh, that's my little brother. And, yeah. and you, you just, I had to you, catch you guys. Yeah. Huh? 
I had to catch you guys so that you <laughs> you you know that he was my brother. Not oh my yeah, <laughs> yeah. You were you were the best the best guy I could have asked for. Honestly, to experience a place like that for the first time. I mean, you gave me five star service uh, from the airport, getting oh. off the plane, all the way to dropping us off with your family. Um, it was an incredible experience, and I'm just so excited to have this conversation with you and and to allow our lives to cross paths in this way because your story is one that I've been so excited to to get to know more of but i've been able to watch and observe over the last year the last year of the things that you're doing in your community in madagascar and as i mentioned earlier your question to me about teaching branding there um, in madagascar prompted us finally to work together through the mandela washington fellowship program um, yeah. But the reason I think, and you correct me if I'm wrong, you even realize the need for that type of work in Madagascar is because of how involved you are in your community there, how involved you are, how much, how much you, you, you're passionate about leading your people and making sure that they have all the tools that they need to succeed in life. Right. And I and I just I'm, I'm fascinated by this. And and I remember one, one of those first days, it was actually the first day because we got in very late that that night um, in Tana. You were driving us to the American embassy. And I remember how passionate you were speaking about your people and about your country as we were driving, you know, through the countryside to the American embassy, the things you were saying about the leadership and the policies and, and the differences between the people and, and some of their brokenness, some of their, the, the hope and the joy and, and the life, just the life of a Malagasy person, right? Um, you were just so passionate and I just wanted to know, I knew that moment that I wanted to know you better. I wanted I wanted to like to really understand who this guy was. So, um, for those who do not know, can you share a little bit with the listeners about Civilian Madagascar and, and what what that program, what that organization is? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm so touched that you remember me this way. You know, like what I've said at that very moment, like it's it's that thing that you label me with, right? It's, um, yeah, I'm so humbled that people oh. see and, uh, and, and see, see me this way. It's a, it's a very important thing because um, as, as a leader, as somebody who wants to, to bring change, you have to create, you know, that brand that mm -hmm. make people remember you. Who's that guy? What is he doing? What's his, quote unquote, his philosophy and, and so on. Yeah. yeah, so um, Peaceful, uh, no, not Peaceful Madagascar. That was my previous uh, organization, but it's all part of the process. Um, you know, back in 2014, I was, uh, you know, I was finishing at my, uh, the, uh, the law school. Um, and then I, I met friends who brought me that idea that, okay, let's, you know, the, the, the urban area is here in Tana is, is kind of, is very dirty. People, they eat stuff and they, they throw the wraps on the street, you know, that kind of uh, irresponsible attitude, you know. Hmm. And uh, with my friends, we were, okay, let's go and show the example. Let's pick these trashes up. And then uh, we're not going to say anything to them, but let's, let's show the example that, okay, we take the trash and drop it at the trash bin. 
and we had a fight with the with you know taxi drivers they said oh why are you doing this who are you because that, that was back back in 2014 it was something quite new that people uh, do that kind of activity and i was like okay but it doesn't matter who we are we are just citizens who want to show the example that we can do better than this we don't mm. deserve this dirty uh, city and then we had that that clash with those taxi drivers and after three four five times you know doing the same thing we realized that it's so hard to convince you know adults to change their mindset it's easier to go to the kids and to talk to the kids and to to you know prepare them to have that mindset that uh, you know we, we can have better lives by changing our own attitudes. Hmm. Um, so then we have started that organization called Push for Madagascar. We went to you know primary schools and and we have tried to deliver uh, you know positive uh, messages to you know to empower them have you know good attitude that as citizens as future citizens so, you, so then, your first uh, your first organization uh, was teach for madagascar absolutely teach okay madagascar. and that's and that was and you graduated from school in what year 2014 okay and you went to school yeah. in the states correct no, that one is after Teach for Madagascar. Okay, 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 got yeah. it. So I, I, yeah, so so I wanted to process, make sure we're there. So you teach for yeah. Madagascar, and you were teaching these 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 youth um, about how to be a citizen, how to be a responsible citizen in yeah. Madagascar, how to how to how to live by example, right? Absolutely. And, okay. Yeah. All right. Continue. Mm -hmm. So then I had that opportunity from uh, you know the American government. That you know that scholarship that selected leaders from all across Africa. It's probably 35 countries in Africa. They have selected you know young people who had uh, you know leadership potential, and we had that fellowship in, in the United States. I was placed in Kansas. You know I, I didn't know anything about Kansas by the way, but yeah, yeah. it just sent me there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know much about Kansas either. <laughs> and I live yeah, there. but it's a bit, well. It's, it's a beautiful place, you know, yeah. wonderful people, you know, great food. Um, so, yeah, we have that, you know, the, the, the training there. Then I was sent to, uh, uh, to Washington, D.C. For, uh, for another training at the Peace Corps headquarters. Um, so that, you know, that those three and a half months that I've been in, in the United States have, uh, you know, taught me something really, really precious, you know, that I values that I carry until today is how Americans are patriotic, mm -hmm. you know. I've spent the 4th of July in a small town in Kansas. It's, I don't even remember, remember the name, but, you know, that small town, people celebrate the 4th of July as if it's the, I don't know, like a big celebration with, you know, fireworks, uh, a parade, uh, you know, food everywhere, people on the streets are celebrating the day. I mean, that's something we need to, to, to have in every country. Celebrate the part of you, a part of something bigger than you. And you celebrate mm. not only on the 4th of July, but you take it, you know, on your everyday life to, uh, to display that Americanship. 
and I've seen, I've been talking to a lot of American people, they were like, you can feel the pride and, and, and you know, the, the happiness that they're American. Um, they have that, that value in them that they want to contribute to their nation, you know. Yeah. And that specific mindset, I wanted to take it home. If there's something I, 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 I get from the fellowship, it's that, you know. And I've been placed in Kansas. There's a, there's a small town called Manhattan, just like uh, in New York. Um, so that small town is, uh, they have a lot of community service dates. Like they have what we call, uh, what is it? The uh, furniture messy days. If, for instance, you have furniture that you don't use anymore. You gather them in the, on the, uh, on the city, uh, the park, at the middle of the, the, the yeah, town. Like the city plaza. People come then to, yeah. People come there to pick whatever they want because you don't want them anymore. So it's a, it's a mutual, mutual helping. Uh, another thing that I've seen a lot of food banks, you know, Kansas is, uh, you know, it's mostly, uh, we have farmers living there, so they have a lot of food. So instead of just wasting the food, they put them in food bank and then the food bank, uh, you know, delivers or shares to mm. whoever needs food. So those kind of things like, made me think that, okay, we can do that, but, you know, at our scale. We have stuff we can, um, you know, share to each other in Madagascar, but especially that mindset of being a patriot, that you belong to something, uh, a community, a big community, and you have to give back to contribute in that. So that was the mindset. When I came back to Madagascar, I started that new organization back in 2017, uh, Civilian Madagascar, that I, I have created teams that, okay, we need to do projects that empower people's mindset to be aware of their duty in the country. It's not just going to vote. Vote is just it's just one day. You vote for somebody that that person will do whatever he wants. Uh, when yeah. when you know, I don't want to get involved into politics, but yeah. But after that, you are part of the community day and night, every day. You you have uh, the duty to seek for something better for your community. And that's mm -hmm. what, what, what is my ideal. When I created uh, a civilian Madagascar that, you know, an individual has and must contribute for his own community. Hmm. Wow. That's, that's, thank you for going back to how it first started um so quickly and so precisely to get to this point of civilian madagascar and and the way that you speak about it, it makes me it makes me think about um one of my favorite books uh called community the structure of belonging by peter block i think i mentioned it to you he says that a citizen is someone that cares for the well-being of the whole right and Absolutely. everything you just shared which i think is so beautiful and honestly manu so timely for our country and i say our country i mean america because right now there's a lot of divisiveness there's a lot of um individualism that's taking place and for you to share that story being somebody that's not from here going to a small town manhattan in in kansas and identifying something that's so core to who we are as citizens of a democracy and how we potentially should be operating and should be showing up for our country, for our 
arts for our community. That's so beautiful, man. It's, it's, I think that's 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 spectacular. Um, the the idea of a citizen is such a beautiful thing that I think people do um, undermine and and bat like I want to say bash a little. Oh, just vote. That's your duty. Yeah, voting is one yeah. of them. <laughs> that's the bare yeah. minimum, I think, actually. And your 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 example of of what you saw in Manhattan, I think. Uh, was spectacular to think about this idea of operating as a unit, as a community. All of our things are all of your things, right? We yeah. are a family together, and that's beautiful. So you, so you decided to bring that what you saw, the patriotism, the community um, involvement, the community projects back to Madagascar, and you started Civilian Madagascar, and now oh. you're at 25 thousand plus people that that follow you that engage with you um i want to know i want to go back to you because that story that you started with this idea of let's just go out and pick up the trash we don't have to tell people we're doing it let's just do it because that's our responsibility and we want to live in a cleaner city and those taxi drivers are fighting you. When, yeah. Like, why do you even care? I'm picking this up. Get off of me. Um, that, that's such an incredible story. I want to know what got you to that point to even have that mindset for yourself to be able to make that decision and, and you know, lead some people to just start picking up trash off the street. If you don't mind, like, will you share a little bit with us about what it means, like what your life looked like growing up in Madagascar? as a as a little boy yeah um well i had a very wonderful childhood um since i'm very great grateful i'm originally from the uh, you know northwestern coast of madagascar is one of the most beautiful beautiful places i've ever been you know well it's a I'm, I'm very proud of my you know my hometown i hope i i, I wish i could take you there i have to go next day. time next time i come Absolutely. <laughs> yeah um, so my family is, a, you know, my dad worked for the government uh, as a, a tax officer, but my mom is a, a housewife. She, she did not, purposely did not, you know, go to work because she wanted to take care of us at home and make sure everything is, uh, you know, uh, is, is as good as it should be for us, you know. Um, so uh, with with my dad's job, we had that privilege to travel around the northern part of Madagascar since he worked for the government. So we moved around, you know, so a lot. Um, and I've seen a lot of cultures, especially, you know, for your record, uh, 80% of the people of Madagascar live in the countryside. So the real Madagascar is in the countryside. It's not even people living in the cities. Mm. Like the real mindset of Madagascar people is in the countryside. So I had that privilege to go meet these people to, to you know to make new friends every day um, inside that diversity, uh, which is something really really important for you know uh, from a perspective of you yeah. know uh, education educational uh, perspective because it teaches you a lot. Like how to, how do you get along with people that 
don't have necessarily the same values that, uh, that you. Um, people who are different, physically speaking, I you know I think I'm going to back to this later on, but you know, physic, physical appearance and ethnicity in Madagascar is a, is a big thing. It's a source of a lot of uh, conflicts and uh, hmm. um, you know uh, difficulties we have here. One of the so one of the most child, diverse. One, Madagascar yeah. is one of the most diverse places in the world, as it is a a, a through point and for yeah. many of the countries that are that are around you know indian australian yeah. um middle eastern african obviously mm -hmm. french has a huge yeah. influx there so on and so forth and i got off the plane and i remember looking i'm like oh here's my people man like they they look just they look just like me and i don't see many yeah. people that look like me here in america um, being, you know, mixed race myself. And I yeah. think that that's beautiful. So I just wanted to touch on that. Continue. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, so that privilege uh, brought me to, uh, to embrace diversity and yeah. to, to meet new people, meet new cultures, you know, experience food, like the, the, the Malagasy food in, in different areas of the country. Uh, so it's, it's a real privilege for me. So uh, when I was uh, I was done with my um, the high school, my parents sent me to uh, to to Tana, the capital, where I you know I, I did college. Uh, then this is a city. Of course, I live here right now. I'm living here, but it's uh, I don't like this place so much. Why? Because there's a lot of pressure living here in big cities. Like it's it's dirty, it's polluted, it's crowded, it's noisy, it's everything. You know, compared to my hometown, it's like it's crazy, it's crazy. Mm. And I and I and I I had that thing that okay, what can we do to make this place better to live in? Mm. And and I think a big part of that is my friends. Like you, you know, you become who you get along with. You know, people, your friends. You know, somewhere you have that, you transmit that virus, quote unquote. Like, okay, I like this, so you're my friend, you're more likely to become like, like me. Because we are, you know, we, we, we walk, you know, together every day, we eat the same thing, we speak about the same topics. Yeah. And th that you make friends that think like you. And then you start, you know, you start to implement that, these values to action. And then it all came from there. Okay, let's do that. Let's drag more people to join us in this movement. So it's a snowball effect. Yeah. Um, yeah. So everything starts. Yeah, everything is so small. Um, <laughs> it's it's just like you know uh, a talk, um, just a you know like a regular like parking lot talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So um, you you never know what what can happen when you you. Uh, you have that conversation with the specific people that might, you know, think or, uh, you know, have the same logical thoughts that you do. Hmm. That's good. Yeah, you, you speak about the diversity of moving around and that privilege. You called it a privilege to be able to just travel yeah. around your country and see the diverse perspectives and even the way that people think, the way that they look the lifestyles, so on and so forth. And that diversity 
ultimately obviously followed you back to your time in Tana and to be able to potentially operate in a different way than everyone else who may be divided by the way that they look or divided by their education or divided by the way that they speak, whatever it is. And I see you as being that, you know, your perspective is what helped you to get here and to do the things that you do, your, your diverse perspective. I, we, one of the things that brought us together was the Identity Architecture Workshop. And that was the first Identity Architecture Workshop I ever facilitated was with you um, in Tana, with, with yeah. your people, those people that you talk about, those impact-driven leaders, those community leaders. And one of the things I've realized by doing that work is that one, the thing that makes us most unique as human beings is our perspective. It's not the way we look. It's not our eye color. It's not our fingerprint. I feel it's our perspective because nobody has the same perspective that you do. And I feel like once we understand the value of our perspective and how that perspective has actually set us up to be able to succeed and to be able to impact the city that we live in or impact our community or impact our the lives of our loved ones whatever it is to impact others that's when i feel we're living life on purpose right and you you see you, you your story i think articulated that so beautiful Manu. so I, I thank you for even sharing that with us because in, in such a short period of time we've gained this beautiful understanding of who you are and, and your perspective on life not only your perspective on as a malagasy man but also your perspective as a visitor to america you know during a time that might be the most divisive in our history Right. I, I appreciate you sharing that perspective with me, but also with us, because um, that perspective is is something that's so which leads your, that perspective is why I said what I said earlier about you. One of the most inspirational and influential people I've met in my entire life, because I, I never gained the perspective of the Malagasy people until I showed up and I got to hang out with you for a week. And that changed my whole life. Manu, you don't, I don't think you I'm even so know happy that. For that. It, it changed yeah. my life, man, because I came back to Seattle and I, I missed Madagascar immediately after getting off the plane because I missed being around such a diverse set of people in such a diverse part of the world that you can't gain here as often. However, I knew that I had learned so much by doing that that I could actually now use that perspective to further in, um, influence slash impact my community. So, so thank you for that. Thank you for sharing your story, man. My pleasure. Yeah. Well, I want to, I think that's a perfect, we, I mean, I couldn't paint a better picture of you if I tried. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and, and segue us out of this, out of this episode. But in every episode, I want to ask um, the person I'm speaking with about this idea of starting right and people that are overcoming and maybe um paralyzed by this fear of starting your story 
It's as simple as just going out and picking up trash off the street. Just, I don't want to live in this dirty city. I'm going to go pick up some trash. Um, but there's more than that, obviously, moving to Tana and so on and so forth. If you were to give any advice to someone that's maybe afraid to start moving in the direction that, you know, similar to how you moved in the direction of your calling and, and knowing that you can make a difference. If you could give any advice or wisdom to that person listening right now, what would you give them? Yeah. Um, to be honest, I've been thinking about this, you know, recently, you know, like how can I uh, empower people more so that they, uh, they are not afraid of, you know, taking the step, getting out of their comfort zone and, and you know, start to undertake what is valuable, valuable to them. So my answer is gonna be, there are choices in life, you know? And most of the time there are two choices at least. The first one is yes or no. It's a very simple choice. Hmm. And in front of a situation, if you take the easiest choice, you know, that's something that doesn't look, you know, threatening. So, and the other one is the one that's more, most difficult. And from my perspective and my experience, the, the one that is the most difficult is the one that is most rewarding. You know, if, you, if you think that into that, you know, binary mindsets, you know, like A or B, you know, plus or minus, choose the one that is most difficult because it's the one that is most rewarding. If you choose the other one, like you stay in your comfort zone, you, you won't get anywhere. So in, in, in life, if you want to, uh, uh, you know, to, to achieve, you know, great results and to, to be satisfied, uh, you know, you know, have self-satisfaction, choose the hardest choice, you know, the hardest option because that's the one that is most rewarding. Um, and whatever, whatever project you have in mind, like uh, let's say you wanna um, to be an influencer on, on, on YouTube or whatever vlogs, you know, like you have to start, you know, start something and show it, you know, to your friends and, and be, be comfortable with criticism. Because if you have those criticism, you, you get out of it stronger and you make something better. So yeah, that would be my advice. Hmm. Choose the choose the more difficult option. That's 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 great, man. Um, especially when it comes to everything starts small. Choose the most difficult option, and remember that you know you just got to start. Yeah. And maybe just by starting, it makes it so yeah, much easier. The, you know, most of the time, that's the most difficult part. Is to start the, the first step. Yeah. What is that first step? And maybe the first step is just going out and picking up some trash off the street. Absolutely. And then because the, the, that easiest, leads to the everything. easy option will be stay at home. But mm. when you stay at home, you won't achieve anything. Or drive a taxi and yell at the people picking up the trash <laughs> yeah. on the street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Manu, that's perfect, man. Thank you so much for being here. Manu, I appreciate you, brother. I'm just well, so, so I cannot wait to see you again. I cannot wait to get back to Madagascar. I told my wife I'm bringing her next time. She's coming. And we're going to we're going to oh. see you and and I I'm I'm for sure going to go and see your your um hometown. I I we have to go up north. 
I know we tried last time. We're going to get up there this time. I know it. Um, So thank you for being here, Manu. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, John. Yeah. Uh, Now, if you would like to learn more about Manu and what he's doing in Madagascar, specifically with Civilian Madagascar, or you want to learn more about the program that brought us together, um, the Mandela Washington Exchange Program, um, I'm going to be linking to all of those in the description of this episode. But without further ado, I just want to thank you for joining us, everyone. My name, again, is John Johnson. And remember, no matter if you are just a young, passionate kid from the north coast of Madagascar and you want to make a difference, you can also become a leader of 25,000 citizens in your country, just like Manu. But you have to remember that everything starts small. Until next time.